This episode of the Randy Russell Podcast is brought to you by Kind Regards, cloud-based team communication software, balancing passive and aggressive to bring out their best. Find this in future episodes at rspeen.com and Apple Podcasts. Questions or comments? Email us at rrpodcast2000 at gmail.com. Our guest host, Amanda Tollefson, is an artist living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Randy Russell Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Tollison. It's my pleasure to introduce you to our guest, the inventor of the no-show socks, Randy Russell. Oh, um, thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. How's it going today? Uh, pretty good. Um, I'm not sure what you, you mean about the no-show socks. Um, I didn't write that. Okay. <laughs> I'm reading a script here. <laughs> um. So yeah, sounds, it sounds creepy. So, so you really don't have your heat on in this apartment because it's so warm in here. Well, it's it's on, but um, there's a radiator right here, which I have. I crank all the way off. It's it's the steam heat, you know, the kind of steam yeah. heat kind of that are, it's hard to control. And once it's on, it gets really hot just, in here. You can't you know, yeah you can't control it. And it would be for recording the podcast. Also, it would be that clanking sound. Oh. You know? Which might be kind of good. I don't know. Maybe that would be nice because it would always, you know, the time of year. It's it's like a weird musical thing sometimes when um, yeah. those heaters are on. Some people hate that. I think they really hate it. I, I don't hate um, it. I like it. Because I think some people, any noise keeps them from sleeping. Oh, sure. Are you a person like that? No. Me neither. I sleep through anything. <laughs> I have to have some type of noise. Yeah. Um you know, it's good if it's not car alarm. Yeah. I live, my bedroom is about 20 feet from a freeway. Um, and it's sort of a, a nice white noise thing. But uh, enough about that. Let's get on to our topic here. <laughs> um, uh, okay. So I want to talk to you about making things. And I know that... Um, you have made a lot of sock animals in the past, and yeah. I have uh, this sock elephant that you made, and I, it's one of my favorite things. I love it, um, and I'm just wondering about the other ones that you've made and how you started making those. And uh, I had a weird, yeah, it was a weird history with it. Um, and I saw that you had that the the elephant that I made on some form of social media. Yeah. I saw that and I didn't and I, I didn't remember that you were the person who bought it. Do you, do you so you bought it from me? Yeah, I think it was Art versus Craft in 2010. Uh Okay. Yeah. Maybe at that maybe at that point we were not acquainted and we have since since become acquainted. Yeah, and, uh, I don't think we really knew each other yeah, then. Okay. But I had a bunch of your zines at, at that point that I think I had gotten from Doug Grushopt and I kind of knew um well I knew that you lived in the building that I used to live in and um I'd read a bunch of your zines and liked your work. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah I hope I hope I didn't charge you too much for the sock elephant because oh, I don't you don't have to say what it was, but 
I don't remember, I honestly, pretty, but I, I didn't feel ripped off. Well, that's good. I had pretty good prices, but it was the only uh, sock elephant I ever made. So I kind of, it sort of felt precious to me a little bit because I, oh. I only made, I've only made monkeys. Oh, really? And, and I never made any other type of animals. And for some reason I just said, I want to try an elephant. And so I made one and it was like, it was a, it was, a, you know, a lot more work. Yeah. And that there's still the same amount of limbs, I guess, but there's a trunk. Yeah. I don't know. That's like I, a whole extra limb. I don't know. I was more, I think I had to rework it a few times. Yeah. Like take it partly take it apart and get to get the proportions right. And, um, get the leg. So it would stand on the legs. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a little more of a challenge and I could, and I got, so I could make the sock monkeys pretty fast mm-hmm. because I made so many of them and, and I make them the same way every time. Did you use socks that you had worn, or did you get them from other people? Yeah, I always use the ones that I've worn, um, and I just I kind of sort of adamant about that, and and yeah. just I know a lot of people make them from the the sock monkey socks that people yeah. call them. They're um, can't remember the the company that makes this. Uh, they were called um, Rockfords for. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, like when the whole craze started in the Depression, because mm-hmm. uh, stuffed animals were a luxury, and so people started making them out of the Red Sox. But then I think that company got sold, uh, and they sort of changed the design a little bit. But right. I just read that this morning. So at first they were, they just picked them because of those socks. Yeah. Worked. What's nice is that the red, the red heel use, it makes the mouth for the monkey. Yeah. So you don't have to embroider a mouth and it's just a big red mouth i like ones that are uh not made with those socks too yeah i i, I still like the those in a way I, I mean i do like those but the one you know a lot of them they when you make them with new socks they look like they come out of, fa- of a factory yeah for sure um n- nothing i sew looks like it comes out of factory because i sew so poorly but um, but that's the charm of it and uh yeah, that's. Right. I, yeah, I, I feel like it's 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 like a, it's one of those weaknesses that becomes a strength, kind of, if you like just sure. embrace, embrace that. Where I yeah, I go like I, I slow I sew really sloppily, and I over sew sometimes. I usually don't under sew because I don't want them to fall apart. Yeah, I want them to be really sturdy. And I think and and at least they have that going for them. If you know if there's a kid <laughs> playing with them, they're gonna hold hold up pretty well. I've had mine for eight years now, and it's not falling apart. So that's good. Yeah, I am a huge fan of uh, sloppy sewing. The things I make are not uh, perfect at all. And I think I like it because what I do is really influenced by painting and, like, the idea of being really messy with something. So I like like things that are not perfect. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I, I I didn't... I'm sure I've kind of thought that and 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 just kind of intuitively but i didn't yeah yeah put that in the words similar to painting or drawing and that that kind of feeling you get if you're painting or drawing where you're being kind of reckless or yeah free yeah awesome like trying to translate to that sewing is harder it is because you'll end up uh, bleeding a lot (laughs) (laughs) have you ever um ended up bleeding while making a sock animal well just a little bit you know just you stuck yourself yeah, with a, yeah, yeah, I constantly do. 
Yeah. So I'm not I'm not fun to be around while I'm sewing. I, swear, <laughs> I yell and swear a lot. Do you usually do that uh, alone, just like sitting around listening to music or watching TV or movies? Or well, it's a good it's a good thing. Well, now I do it mostly alone because I'm mostly alone. Yeah. But it's a good thing to do around other people sometimes. Or like when I would, when my dad was in a nursing home for quite a few years. And um, I got to go to visit him, and it's like you're just sitting in the nursing home, and it's like it's kind of rough. Yeah. He was, he was not always very, not always that talkative. Yeah. And just kind of spending time with him, and I said, this is like the perfect time for sewing sock monkeys. So I'd always take my sock monkey stuff. Oh wow. And that's, that's a great idea. Yeah. Sometimes you know when you're if you're visiting relatives or relatives of uh, someone you're close to kind of good thing to do if it you know you, you don't feel completely an, unsociable then yeah you're doing something that's busy so yeah do you makes, find it makes people happy do you find stuff like that um good to like occupy occupy you so you don't have to feel pressure to be social oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah i like that kind of thing too and, i used to um when i was younger i would always draw people's portraits because that sort of distracted me from having the pressure of like having to uh, be talking to people or whatever. Oh, that's a good, good, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, it was a good, good thing for me. And they would want to see the portrait. Yeah, they would always like have a really interesting response. Like if it was distorted or something, I would love um, the quote that people would say about the drawing. So I would always write that down. Oh, that, yeah, that's a, that's. Like they would say something funny, like I look like a monster or something like that. Um, and I have a. Do you write it on the on the right on the drawing? On the drawing, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, I actually used to make a zine with a lot of those drawings. Did you ever do that for work at all, drawing portraits? Uh, I did. Uh, a uh, two years ago, my friend's brother hired me as a caricature artist for their wedding. Uh, and I don't do the normal, like, Six Flags, Great America character right. shirt mm-hmm. style. Um, I just did kind of funny drawings of people, and people loved it. Uh, they were really excited, you know. People are getting drunk at weddings, so it was a lot of fun. I would like to do more more stuff. Do you have like the that. caricature style down, kind of? No, no, I don't want to do the caricature oh, style so, at so all. So you just draw, yeah, draw a drawing they're just my, it and then it's my it. funny oh, okay. drawings. Yeah. My mom did that for for um, a job. Oh, really? She worked. There's an amusement park near where I grew up. Oh, wow. Point, and so it was like in the summer, she did that sketch artist pastels, you know. And was it more like fine art style? No, it was just a you know it was just a naturalistic style or a caricature they would pick. Okay. She didn't like doing caricatures that much, but she could do it. She could do it. And she, I mean, she was a really precise kind of artist. Mm-hmm. And she was really slow. And she said, like, people could make a lot more, you know, some of the people could make a lot of money because they just really knocked them off really fast if they're yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah. She was kind of slow and precise. But she she liked doing that. That's when I was little. And I would do you have any of the, the ones that she drew? Or did she do any of you that you still have? Well, that's a good qu- question. Um, yeah, it would be nice if I had had some. My brother might have some. I'm not sure because he lives in the 
same hometown we grew up still. And my parents' stuff, she, uh, he, he ended up with a lot of their, their stuff. So like, and she, she painted oil paintings too. So he, he has mm-hmm. all her art. Um, I don't have any with me. So it's kind of like whatever he has is kind of mine too. Sure, sure. So I don't, yeah. Because I've moved around a lot and my brother hasn't moved around too much. So he has, so he has a lot of the old family stuff. Cool. I would love to see that stuff someday. Yeah. You, I don't know if we had any of our sketches, though. That's a good question. Yeah. Have you yes. ever drawn portraits? I, I have, but not, not portraits. I mean, I, I, no, I haven't drawn portraits too much, especially not of a person who is going to look at it because it, it feels like kind of pressure. You know, it's, sure. it's, it seems kind of hard, but it's. Yeah, to make it look like the person. Yeah. People have that expectation of like, it's going to look like a photograph or something. <clears throat> it only did if they didn't know secretly. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. I would do that sometimes too in public. It was kind of weird. I actually I remember um, I used to go to Hi Fi Cafe when I was like 19, and Andy Noble worked there. And I like drew him from afar and he never knew. But then I think I told him about it like 10 years later or something. Well, he'd probably appreciate it. <laughs> anyway. You didn't, you didn't know that. You know, know the band Tulip Sweet at all? Do you remember them? They used to play here. Yeah, a it was lot. Annie, Annie and Peter. Or wait, no. no. This, no it was, they were from Minneapolis and oh, yeah. from New York. And uh, there the one guy in that band, Tom Seiler, who played piano. Um, he he's a caricature artist. Oh, so I look at I always see his see him on social media and oh cool. And he goes to fairs like you know county fairs and and the circuit. In the he's summer, the real summertime. deal. Yeah, he like does the old fashioned style. Yeah. I think he really gets into that whole the whole idea of that you know going around. Yeah, <laughs> traveling I, caricature artist. That's cool. I admire that. I don't think I could like fit myself into that um aesthetic though ever so it would be cool if i could just do my thing and work that circuit but i feel like there may not be a market for that well maybe more so as time goes on because yeah i think just uh weird alternative events and stuff are like where people would appreciate something just more of that kind of thing though you know the alternative stuff is for sure time progresses you know people get older and People think of that old style as probably hopelessly corny, yeah, <laughs> and dated. But then there's probably a, a retro appreciation of it too. So yeah, it just keeps coming around. But yeah, I think there's people are open to all kinds of styles now. So, did you have you did you read that Dan, the Daniel Klaus caricature? Yeah, I did. Um, that's yeah. one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorites too. I scary but (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i like how it's 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 a little ambiguous it's it's very ambiguous actually it's um how 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 creepy the guy is or not creepy and you just you're never really sure you know and and it's probably ambiguous even the point of view his stuff is so complex that yeah you can just read it you can just keep reading it over and over and yeah and always find like, new things yeah, and seeing it in a completely different way yeah he's yeah the, the, it was uh it's in one of his books that um 
I think it's called Caricature. There's a collection of stories, but you know, he's a comic artist. And uh, he's, one of, he's one of my favorite writers. Mine too. Just as, you know, write, writers, period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that he's, uh, he's sort of involved in the, the whole, this whole idea of, the, of people taking comics seriously as literature. And, you know, that's kind of what he's interested in. His, his stuff, it really is literature. And I know there's a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. Charles Burns and I like a lot. Yeah, but he's he's Daniel Klaus is my favorite. I don't know why. why just it's it just it kind of appeals to me the style maybe, but also the subject matter. Yeah, the subject matter is all over the place. It's like really um, he keeps trying different things. The um, the inner psychology and emotional things that he portrays, though, I feel like are very uh, they're dark, but they're very real. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so his early stuff was very, it was much more surreal and, and punk rock. And I saw his, the old eight ball comics. One of my friends when I lived in Iowa City would get them. Yeah. And so we were really into those. And then as as he got, as time went on and he, he, he changed his style, it, it got a lot more subtle, mm-hmm. less surreal, less, you know, less violence, I think. Mm-hmm. Still, always some there's always some violence, um, but then, you know, and then he, of course he expanded into to movies. Yeah, which was kind of I was kind of <laughs> alarming to me when like I thought he's just going to get swallowed up by Hollywood and never do comics anymore, but he's continued to. Um, yeah, it, it it must take so much time to do each book. So there's like yeah. many years between each thing which is understandable because he's you're doing he's doing it all himself so like drawing every one of those frames right along with the story it's just it's got to be really time consuming yeah and he had a kid a while ago but yeah um you know it's just you get older you slow down a little bit maybe yeah some people do is he your age I think he's almost exactly my age. Okay. Really close. He's an Aries. You're younger. I'm an Aries, too. When I forget what you are. Are you a Virgo? Capricorn. Oh, okay. I don't think I ever knew that. Um, I ran into you this past summer, though, and I made this joke about... Uh, I live behind this bar, and there's always, uh, like, shitty blues bands playing there, and I can hear it in my bathroom, and I made this joke saying that blues hammer is always playing at the bar I live behind (laughs) (laughs) and you got the joke. And I was so happy that you got the joke. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the perfect way to describe that. One kind of band. White man blues. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't, I don't believe that blues hammer was in the comic of ghost. Yeah. It was in the movie. It was just in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's weird. It was weird because I read ghost world then several years later, how many years it was, the movie came out. So the movie's a little bit different. Quite, yeah, quite a quite a bit, I think. And so I saw the movie probably a few times. I really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. And then then it was like many years later before I read Ghost World again, and I was surpri- I th- I was thinking it was going to be exactly like the movie. And yeah, it was like, oh, the, yeah, the shockingly movie. different. Yep, it's a different ending. It's very much 
very, very di different. But I think he was involved. I think he wrote the screenplay for the movie, I believe, or was a co-writer. So he was involved in it. And I think he maybe he enjoyed the chance of taking that and expanding it. Yeah. Like, I think some people wouldn't like that so much. They would say, oh, it's got to be exactly like the comic, and if it's not, I'm going to be unhappy. But mm -hmm. I think he really understood the, how how different a movie is. Yeah, yeah. He translated it. As far as the medium, and it, and it, it really wor worked well. And, Art yeah. School Confidential was just a script, and then he made it into a movie, right? That was never a comic? I Far, forget. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I never read it. If it was a comic, I don't. Yeah, think it is. So I, I think, think they was, published the yeah. script after the movie came out, but it was never a comic. Did you? What did you think of that one? I didn't like it as much, but yeah, I think I still liked it, but it, it wasn't that successful. Yeah, I think you know, Ghost World was. Uh, critics liked it, and it, I, th I think it did pretty well too. So it was mm -hmm. like a really good. He had a really good, lucky experience with getting into movies, and. Then I, I think Art School Confidential is probably not as good of an experience because... Yeah, he hasn't done one since, right? No, well, there's uh, Wilson. Oh, is that? Yeah. And, I'm behind on my cultural stuff. Yeah, well, Wilson was based on his book, Wilson. Yeah, I, I, I did read that book. When did the movie come out? It was... It's hard for me to remember uh, exactly, but I feel like it was... You know, I'll say like last year, and it'll be like three years ago. That happens okay. all the time. Oh shit! So, I, I don't gotta know. Check it was, that out. It was, it was a while ago, but I was I surprised at how much I liked the movie. Yeah, I liked it, and uh, I don't know why I was surprised. I think Woody Harrelson's in it. I like Woody Harrelson, so I don't know. I thought, but it was it was interesting. I'd like to see it again. I only saw it once at the, at the theater when it came out. Um, that, that's a weird book. That's yeah. That's, so, sort of the more remind the more, us of the character in that book again. Disturbing one, um, yeah. It's like a it's like a guy who's who who's has uh, social problems, kind of, in that he will like talk, say things to people with um, the uninvited in public, <laughs> and um, say things that are offensive. And, and uh, you know, sit around complaining all the time. Like he's sitting in a cafe and he'll try and start a conversation with somebody and they'll try to like ignore him and then he'll insult them. And then he, it get, I mean, it gets, it get, it goes to the point where he end up, ends up going to prison for something, I think, eventually. But, oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, he's not, he's not like a really bad person. In a way, you're thinking like he's just a guy, like everyone should be like that. You know, he's not, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have this filter, social filter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but then he, and it, but it's really funny. I, re, I think I read that a couple of times because it just it cracked me up so much. It's really yeah. But um, I, I kind of feel like that's how I could end up being too. Like I could end up just being like that Wilson guy. Do you think of yourself as a Daniel Close character ever? Um, I pro probably that I'm not sure specifically, not a specific one, but I really feel like that. You yeah, know, like, I've felt like, like that before. Yeah, too. I just feel like I'm one. Yeah, one of his characters in yeah. certain situations. I'll be in. Sometimes I'll say that's just like Daniel Close situation or 
one of his characters. And uh, you know, it happens all the time. Yeah, because you really have, have that feeling of uh, what he's, how, the way he sees things. Yeah, how would you, like, what is a good word to describe that? Uh, I can't think of a good word. No, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, um, some people, it's something that anyone can relate to, though. You might not think you relate to it, but, you know, maybe like somewhat awkward and uh, inappropriate sometimes. Did, did you, have you read the Ice Haven, that book? Yes. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. And that I think, I, I was thinking that one would be a really good for a movie. Like it's almost, could be a movie. Like it could be an outline for a movie if you made it exactly like it is. It would be a, it would be kind of an experimental movie because it's got some really odd parts to it and different, it's got all these different characters. It's all set in the small town and yeah called ice haven yeah, right? a small town called ice haven but you really get the feeling of that town which is what i i like so much about it you just really have this small feeling of this small town and these characters there's, there's the one guy's kind of the main guy who's a little bit like the wilson character and he's a thinks of himself as a poet and then there's a, he has a neighbor who's a woman who is She's she's a poet too, and he despises her. He's he, yeah. Cause she she she's someone who's like a gets like some award somewhere or something like that, and he'll <laughs> say how her poetry is bad. And he's th he thinks of himself as an unrecognized artist who's just suffering. And that seems to be a common theme in yeah. his work. Like, yeah. And as he's gotten older, his characters have gotten older, so there's more towards middle age. Yeah. And then he had that, I think it was like Mr. Wonderful. It was a strip that was published in the New York Times magazine every oh, right. week or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and then I think it was collected yeah. into a yeah. book eventually. That one seemed more like soft and sweet compared to, but it was still like weird. Yeah, they're always, they're always a little, nice a little edge doll. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder... But he will, you know, I'm, he's he's like someone that I that I actually look for, really look forward to his new thing yeah. coming out. Probably more than anyone. Maybe I don't even think that way about anyone. Or maybe I really, I like the Coen Brothers a lot, actually. Yeah. So when their their new when any new movie by them comes out, I like I'm excited. But yeah, Daniel Klaus's books seem like they're. Fewer and farther between, so it's really exciting. Well, the last one was um, Patience. I haven't read that one. And that was that. There was a long time before between whatever was before that. Mm -hmm. um, so you you can look forward to that then, because it's a yeah. I'm really excited to watch the Wilson movie too. I can't believe I didn't know about that. And pa Patience <laughs> is about time travel. Ooh. Which which he um, he said he takes has an interesting take on time travel. I won't say anything if you haven't read it, because you, you, I think you like it. Oh, wait. No, maybe I have read that. I can't remember. I have, like, a really that. bad memory for, um, for, like, plots and stuff until I get refreshed, and then I'll remember. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a time travel story. 
and it's it's a it's a really strange take on time travel. I love time travel as a subject, like time travel movies, because it's 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 a real dead end. Yeah, I, I like to see how people deal with it. Yeah, it's really, people keep making time travel movies, and I don't. I go, why do they try? Because it's it gets to a certain point, and people are obsessed with that idea for some reason. And somehow it just it falls apart. The whole story falls apart at a certain point. But he did a, a really interesting thing with it. And if I had to explain it, like right now, I couldn't do it. But because it's, yeah. it's pretty complex, I finished that and started right over. Like as soon as I finished, I started reading, reading it again because I feel like I did read it now, and I'm trying to recall. Uh, like he goes back to several different. He's in love with this woman, and he's trying to go back to be with her. Is that the? He, I think uh, someone gets is murdered, maybe, and he's trying to go back oh, to prevent yeah. it. I can't even remember the. Yeah. After reading it twice, I can't remember the, the plot. But it's it's one of the things that you like returning to it right away. You can learn a lot by having read it the first time. There's some, mm-hmm. some movies like that once in a while. Or you see you, movies that you have to see twice to really understand. Yeah, for sure. Is there a connection for you between Daniel Close and the Coen Brothers? No, no, not really. Um, yeah, the, yeah, that'd be interesting. They should do something together. That'd be a good. That'd be a good that would be interesting pairing. for sure. Yeah. If yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast? Wants to suggest that to, to they're Hook sure them up. That, yeah they never thought about it. Yeah, maybe it's a, there's some similar sensibility. I don't even. Know, and it's weird with Cohen Brothers is because I have so much. I'm so much at odds with them. <laughs> like there's so much about them I don't like. That it's I'm surprised that I'm such a big fan of theirs in a way. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things I don't agree with, or I'm not kind of don't go along with it, and there's stories or style but just overall somehow they're really fascinating to me and i think it's probably it's i think it's kind of a like a like a geek type of thing where you can look sure. at it really deeply you can kind of examine things really deeply and yeah um but some people have with you know different kinds of culture like you know science fiction and star wars whatever you know people have that obsession to, to really look at things deeply, yeah, um, which which I which I relate to and I understand even if I don't particularly have that with, you know, like if someone is like that with Star Wars, I can relate to it even though I don't relate to the Star Wars part. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I like that you know the obsession with stuff. What is the? Can you pinpoint like the thing that you're obsessed with? Is it like? It seems to be like a psychological, like inner, inner world type of a. So sometimes maybe it might just be like a like a techniques of storytelling. Okay, yeah, that makes which, sense. Which too. that I like um, a complex. I'm sure. I'm sure that's it is. Actually, I don't even maybe like spell that out to myself. But like considering the stuff that that, that I try write and do. I'm like I'm obsessed with like systems of storytelling and and uh, 
com- you know, complex structures. Yeah. I like, like structures a lot. Like Charlie Kaufman, the screenwriter, I like a lot because of the, for the same reason. Yeah, so he, yeah. He kind of goes along with the, 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 the other ones similarly. Um, where you see, like a movie like um, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. That's one like I had to like watch immediately. Yeah. After seeing it. Like I like I so watched it and I go like I don't even know what yeah, I don't know what's I really like that. I liked it and and I felt like I didn't understand half of it after seeing it. And then watching again it again I've learned more about how the whole thing worked. It's like yeah, a puzzle. Because it's like puzzles. Puzzles. There's yeah, there's novelists who are like puzzle people. Um I came with the cough hand who um and a lot of people hate that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that people hate it. People that, you know, people like different stuff. Everyone has their thing. Yeah. 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 A lot of people like things that are more straightforward, which is fine. So I just, uh, the word layers came to my mind. And then it made me think of these, like, collage things that you did that were a lot of layers of, uh, like, magazines and paper and stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, you, I remember uh, this woman I used to work for had one hanging in her kitchen, and I would oh, always look nice. at it. Yeah, it's sort of like what you were talking about, things that you can keep revisiting. It's like one of those things that you could stare at and just uh, maybe meditate on a little bit, like see all sorts of different stuff in it, and it's kind of always changing. Did you make a lot of those uh, back in the day? Yeah, I still... I'm still trying to do them, though I'm not. I'm not finding the time to work on them as much. Yeah, is it a long to. process? But it's yeah, it's, it's a it's a like a process just um, that based on gluing everything down and then cutting into it. So mm-hmm. it's that kind of a collage process, which I think some there was maybe another name for for that even, but which I forgot now. Oh yeah, um, uh, I don't know if it was. Decollage, maybe. I don't know. But it's... Decollage is like this part of your chest, but decoupage is no, like maybe when decoupage. you glue stuff, yeah, like onto a surface. I wonder if there's another term for like when you layer it like that, though. I thought, yeah, I thought I saw some... Well, I thought I saw a term that referred to the cutting away. Um, and then I made my own term for it. Um which I can't remember now what it is. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, semi-abstractique. That's what I oh. name I made because I thought that sounded kind of yeah. French and complex and like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's but it, great. But it's sort of a, the idea of that was that it's um, the 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 finished ideal finished product. The finished collage is an abstract image. It's abstract. But it's made up of um, parts of, of things that are recognizable. So everything that is made of are, are images that are not abstract, and then as a whole, it becomes ab- abstract. Yeah. So it's just kind like of a, you know, which could be any kind of collage where you use right that you did that. So that seems it, to be the nature of collage. Yeah, it's not anything about the, the technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a lot of a lot of collage work is like juxtaposition. That I mean, that's one of the ma- the major. 
art, you know, it's more of that than anything, I think, right. which is what I used to do when I started, you know, I did collage since, you know, a little kid. Yeah. Um, but then my, my friends and I always did collages, like through having, you know, all these punk rock years and, you know, it was like something your eyes, you know, we're either we're drinking and we're either like playing music or doing collages or doing yeah. zines. So it's all, it all, that all went together. But those, those kind of collages with the, with the layers started out from a, just having a, um, a, a piece of cardboard, I guess I got from a job. It was like a packing cardboard. And I thought this would make a good, um, this would make a good like blank canvas. Like if I cut out the inside of it, you know, like cut out of a cavity, it was like a big piece of thick corrugated cardboard. Like double layer? Yeah. It was, no, it was really, you know, it's like three, three inches thick. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was a, so it's always fun getting stuff from jobs like that. Where yeah. Like, oh, this would be good to do art on, you know? So I cut out, so I had a big cavity and then I layered, started layering magazine um, pages inside, gluing them in until it was really thick. And then I started cutting away at it from that. And so that's how it started from. Um, and then after a while, I tried to make myself have an, an easier technique where I would just, on any kind of a, a cardboard backing, I would just start gluing pages and then wait them, wait it down till they dry, glue more, wait it down. But between each time, I cut off the sides mm-hmm. so that you don't have to deal with the, the edges being uneven. Mm-hmm. And, and then and then glue cardboard around the edges to make a frame. Mm-hmm. And after that's all in place, then I start cutting cutting it out. Oh, you put the frame on before yeah. you. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. So it's a way just to make it easier to work on. Yeah. And then, the, and so then the cutting away part then is you know that's the the later stage. So you're still working on some of those right now. I like um, I have a big stack of stuff sitting here, which is all. That stuff being having, I mean, <coughs> towards the bottom, they're being weight. The weights, um, you know, oh, that's the weight on the cool. things waiting to happen. But cool, it's been quite a while since I actually got to the point where I even did the cutting away part. So I haven't made a finished one in a while. Mm-hmm. I still want to get to it more. I don't know why. It's weird. I just got an email two days ago from somebody who said they saw they liked those collages from the art versus craft events. And then didn't have any money to buy them, and wondered if I still had any. So like, it's, re- it's a, like really great when that happens. It's really you yeah. Know, somebody's been thinking of, about it for all these years. Out of nowhere, I get I don't I don't know the name, um, so I've got to write back to them because um, I have a bunch I'd like to get rid of. Cool. So I still have. When's the last time you did a an art fair? Um, I guess the last one was one of the art versus craft. But that wasn't the last because I moved to New York. Yeah. But maybe like it was probably 2000. It might have been 2008 after I had moved to New York. I know that was in 2010 one? was the one I got the elephant from you. So oh, it was? Maybe that was the last one you did. Well, if, if that, well, that was the last one then if, if that was, if that's correct because. Yeah. Eight yeah, years. Yeah. Because I don't think, yeah, I hadn't been to any. Art fairs. I was to the one, the the one in the uh, domes. What was that called? Oh, yeah. Urban Garage Sale, Urban maybe. Garage Sale. Yeah. yeah, where. Yeah, I was in there one year. 
usually rely. I usually rely on the kindness of somebody letting me have a space. Yeah. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got into. You know, I was a friend of um, Faith Levine, or I would not get gotten into those. Yeah. Because they got really competitive. They they got hard to get into. Yeah, and the booth fees got pretty high too. I you know I applied for the. Um, What's the big one? That big one in Chicago. I can't remember the name of it. Renegade. Yeah, Renegade. I applied for Renegade once around the time with those art verse, art versus crafts, and was re- rejected. Hmm. And you know, and I just thought like, I don't need to, just more ways to get rejected. So yeah. I just kind of <laughs> yeah, gave them seems... up. I thought, well, if... that's definitely a Daniel Close story right there. If I have a, if I have an inside track, sometime. I'll take advantage of it, but otherwise, yeah, it's going to be like sending my stuff in and saying, "Oh, we don't think this fits." Then, you know, but I mean, they are very competitive. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to get into them now. So, yeah, I feel like there's a certain uh, people kind of want, like, I don't know how to say what I want to say without kind of sounding like a dick, but like, a lot of it's kind of cookie cutter stuff these days, and that's just like what people want to buy. So. Yeah, I, can, I, I feel that there's that element to it or that aspect to some of the stuff, maybe. Yeah, yeah. not all yeah, of it. Yeah. There's still some cool stuff being made, for sure. But. And, yeah, if I was, yeah, if I was curating it, it would be, you know, obviously it would be stuff I would, it'd be style that I like. I would be, I would be looking for stuff that was, re, that I've never seen. Yeah. Or very unique or looked. Yeah. Very hand done and not machine done or. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you you work sometimes uh, for films? Yeah, it's really weird how. Film. Yeah, I I sort of just knew people in the industry and fell into that whole thing. Even though I didn't go to film school, um, I just got done working on a film that I was a costume designer for. Uh, it was really interesting. We had one day where uh, there was kind of this Mark Twain theme woven into the movie and. There was a Huck Finn character and a Jim character, and the Jim character had to be floating on a raft down a stream. So we had to get the shot, and we had to be like in this creek with waders on, backing this raft raft up like twelve times to get the shot. And it was like forty degrees out, um, so <laughs> that was an adventure. Um, so you're doing all, you're doing all kinds of stuff. Huh? I, yeah, I've been doing doing all kinds of stuff. I um, I do wardrobe styling for commercials, which uh, sometimes I hate myself for that, but uh, it pays the bills. So is is there in in this in that kind of thing? Is there a lot of sewing involved, making things, and and just different types of construction of things? Sometimes do you, do you use glue gun a lot, glue or uh, when I made mascot costumes at uh, Olympus Group, we used a ton of hot glue. Um, I kind of want to try to do that on the side now, making mascot costumes. Um, this guy, so on this film I just worked on, this guy who owns a chocolate shop in Port Washington where we shot a lot of it, asked me to make a ice cream cone mascot. So I, uh, that's one of the projects I might be working on too. Um, so yeah, that, that was a lot of sewing, gluing foam together. Um, I, the, the aspect of 
the film stuff that I really like is when some sort of challenge comes up where, uh, like, this Grandpa Ron character, he had... It was low budget, so we used a lot of the actors' own stuff, and he had this windbreaker that had a logo that we had to cover up. So I just, like, um, in my wardrobe kit, I have like all these iron-on patch fabric things and I just made this little like mountain logo outdoor thing and like sewed it over the logo and I really like stuff that's like spontaneous creative shit that I have to do like really fast oh yeah that's like problem solving yeah you have to yeah come up with a way to do it film is uh, a lot of sitting around sometimes though I hate that I hate that aspect of it yeah, that's the part I hate the worst. So yeah. Well, if you're sitting around and you're, if, I mean, if you, the times when you're having to make something, though, that's yeah, it's kind of ideal in a way that you're, except unless you're, you know, rushed too much. Yeah, that's I guess that's the problem. It's always either sitting around or things need to happen too Hurry up quickly. Yeah. And everyone's panicking. Making, you used to. Oh, sorry. Go oh ahead. no, go ahead. No, you used to work on yeah. film a little bit too, right? Or TV? You did a TV show. No, well, I've worked in some films. Yeah. And uh, like some some writing and some acting. Oh yes, that's and, right. And so you know, both of those, I'm not not cra- I'm not crazy about. Though I love film. Yeah. Um, Do you like acting? I don't like acting really. Really? Did you think uh, that you did when you were doing it? Um. No, it's kind of fun doing it. It's it's fun doing it. I just yeah. Then, then, and then when I watch it, I just, I just cringe. So it's, <laughs> Same it's like, here. I don't know about, I don't know about that. I, I mean, you know, I would, I would like to be, like an, I would like to be an actor like the actors I admire, but it's probably not going to happen because I'm not going to work at it. Yeah. So that's all right. Um, I've gotten thrown into um, films as little cameos and stuff. I was, I played a creepy waitress. Um, in this thing I worked on a couple of years ago where I I delivered somebody's pie and my thumb was in it and then I like licked the blueberry off my thumb and looked this person in the eye and they put like this makeup on my neck that was supposed to be hickeys I don't know whose idea uh. that was but um, so that's out there <laughs> well, that's fun because it involves being creepy and having a pie yeah yeah all that I like the idea of making mascots, though. That's. I mean, if you're making a mascot, you're, and if you're doing it for somebody else, do you would you. Talk, talk to them about the plan first. Uh, if if it was just my own operation, yeah. So um, I I started making them when I worked at Miller and Campbell, and they had. Um, patterns that they had designed there in the past and then it was like repeat clients who would want a new one because the old one got dirty or whatever and then there was one though that I designed from scratch there and then I had gotten really excited about that avenue and learned that there was a company here that um like that's what they do is make the make mascots so I was like oh that's my dream job um but then I realized it's just a lot of huffing glue all day and like it's in this factory with no windows and i had to be there at 7 a.m and they only paid me 11 dollars an hour so i was like fuck this um 
but yeah, I haven't I haven't actually done one on my own yet, but the stuff we did at the factory it was very generic. Uh, they had a designer that would do the sketch and then they would print print it out like full size and then we would make the pattern based off that, but it was a lot of the same ugly, googly-eyed face. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Olympus. Um, uh, but yeah, if I if I had designed one myself, it would not have those googly eyes. It would be weird. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I'm excited about doing this possibly weird ice cream cone. Yeah, I just, I love the idea that when a mascot that's something that isn't exactly look like a human, so then you go like, where does the face go? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. What part There's of the a lot ice cream of... cone is this, and what's that? I just love, yeah, I love that. Like functional planning yeah. in in that kind of thing. Probably the face might be like at the bottom of the of the ice cream right before yeah. the cone. You have to figure all that out, and then 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 make yeah. it work in a yeah uh, in a practical way. That that's the challenge, yeah. Making it functional. It's to wear that. Yeah, I should get a job as a, some kind of a mascot because that's something I haven't done. I was Maybe just going to ask if you've ever uh, worn one of those before. No, oh. they're really hot. Yeah, I know. That's that's that would bug me. Yeah, it's always going to be too hot. Unless you're, unless you're the um, li- the Liberty Tax person, yeah, you would want the it to statue, be hot. You yeah, know, it's, it's tax time is always cold, so you're out out in the middle of winter on the street dressed as the um, Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I always drive by and see those people like not wearing gloves and stuff, and I get upset because I feel like they're probably really cold. Yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some yeah rough jobs. I mean, yeah. Well, think of the, the the Disney ones. Oh, oh. That, that, that the whole culture. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm, there's got to be at least one book about it, if not several books, or at least one documentary movie, if not several. I when I I remember hearing about like uh, not Disney, Walt Disney World. Um, at some point, how they had they had tunnels underneath everywhere. Ooh, when they because they built it all. You know, they had the plan. They built it from a plan. You know, we we're going to yeah. make this all work really efficiently. So there's underground tunnels everywhere, so the people can go from one place to another without. So, so you don't have like Mickey Mouse walking through a Western place or something like that. You know, yeah. so they keep the illusion going. Wow. But this whole idea of all these underground these tunnels that the plays are in seem kind of that kind would of be great, cool great. to. To visit that during off hours or something, yeah. just to go through the tunnels. I would rather see the tunnels than Disney World. Yeah, that would be. That would I've be, never that been would to be Disney fun. World. I haven't been in in a, in a while, but uh, yeah. So, um, do you like amusement parks? Do you like rides? Well, I, I grew up near Cedar Point. Near one, yeah. yeah. Do you know Cedar Point? I've never it's, been there, but I know they have a lot of. They're kind of competitive with their roller coasters. Is that? Yeah, because they yeah they keep building newer, faster ones. Yeah, and, uh, that's, which is too bad, because the old stuff I like better. Yeah, the old wooden ones. Well, the old these just the old rides. You know, there's there were certain category of rides. I was talking to someone else. Um, um, 
on this very podcast. Oh, <laughs> about it, about it, we're I think. repeating I topics here. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a, it's a good ongoing topic. But I was describing those rides, and then I realized later, oh, those are they're referred to as dark rides. That were oh the, yeah the rides where you're inside of yes. something like that. And they had one called the 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 San Francisco earthquake where you'd ride around in a little car. And, At Cedar Point. Uh, yeah, and, and the buildings are all falling over. And there's one called the Pirate Ride, where you're riding you're riding around in this little car on tracks, but it, that Pirate Ride it looks like a little boat, and you're seeing pirate ships and you know people getting killed. By so pirates. those are those have probably since been uh, demolished, right? Yeah, they're 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 not as popular with yeah. younger people, which and, is sad because those are really cool, and I bet yeah, yeah. the artists who made all that stuff that would be a cool job too yeah they were all yeah artists artists did did those in the first place yeah so there's whole you know like there's some you know websites about them so the people write about the ones that exist still yeah dark dark ride websites Ooh, i've never i've never checked that out i did have this obsession uh when i was still in college of uh going to abandoned amusement parks and taking photos and i went to this one in uh, Chippewa Lake, Ohio. Do you know where that is? I've heard of it, but I can't remember where that is. Chippewa it's Lake. near Medina. Yeah. In the I I seem to recall it was like the southwest corner of Ohio, but my memory's fuzzy. Uh, I know those names, but you did go there. Yeah, they had um, like this old wooden roller coaster that was falling apart and with trees growing up uh, through the tracks and a Ferris wheel with no seats and um, like one of those kiddie rides with the track that was still standing there. Um, I don't know what my obsession with that stuff was, but yeah, I like all that old stuff. There was one up on uh, just uh, like in the north. I mean, the western... Northwestern part of Milwaukee. Oh yeah, Johnson's one? Park. Yeah, I used I to go there all the time too. I remember that was. We went in for one uh, one of the Frankie Latino movies I was working. Yeah. On. We, we broke in there. Yeah, I I used to break in there too, and then I think Frankie had seen photos of that of uh, that I took there. Oh, maybe that's where he got the idea. I he may have gone there before me though. I can't I can't remember. We showed up there. Someone had cut cut a hole in the fence. Oh, conveniently the day before. It seems like um, it was a place kids would go to maybe um, drink or smoke weed and oh, yeah. hang out because yeah. there was all sorts of stuff spray painted on their mini golf course, like Master Fuck Palace and um, uh, Fuck House and Sex House. I just remember there was like the funniest shit spray painted on these little. This possibly could have been. The original things there, you know, maybe that's why it closed. Yeah. It had to close oh the yeah, <laughs> that was somebody's design, and it didn't really fly with families. Yeah. 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 So we missed out on a whole era there. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I I like the like fun houses uh, too. There was one at Cedar yeah. Point that was it was called the Upside Down House. So you go in and everything was upside down, like it was it was like built like a house or you know the. Things are hanging from the ceiling, so the, the ceiling looked like the floor. Cool. And then it was just a fun house, and it was... With slides and stuff. Yeah, like it that. had slides and house, hall of mirrors. Yeah, I love that stuff. But, 
and when you know when they t- t- tore that out, it's so disappointing when they remove that from the park. I just it's, it's really sad. They think like, why don't they have you know? Why don't they people like it this anymore? They just want you know they put in another thing that goes really fast. Yeah, people just want bigger, faster, better, more competitive. It's patriarchy, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. More extreme. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad. Well, my mom said that when she went to Cedar Point as a uh, um, young girl, because this place was started in the 1800s, mm-hmm. so she went there when she was little in the fun house. There. Is it the oldest amusement park in the, in the U.S.? I, I don't think it's the oldest because okay. it's probably Coney Island might be older. Oh, I mean, right. the East Coast has definitely got some older ones, mm-hmm. but it's pretty old, you know, because it was like 1890s maybe. Mm-hmm. She said there there was there were uh, predators in this one house. So oh, that's, uh, that's yeah. kind of not great, I guess. That's that's bad. There was like creepy guys who would hang out in there and, and grab. Oh, kids. Yeah, I think I've heard that about haunted houses too. Probably the same. Thing. Corn mazes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, it's still sad that uh, those have died out. Oh, I guess we're running out of time. Um, I wanted to ask you if you ever made sock monkeys, though. I, I didn't um, mean to ask you that, and I didn't. I, I did make one um, for a kid that I babysat for in high school, and then um, I wanted to make... I had this weird idea that I wanted to make... Um, I was really interested in... Uh, historical people with deformities and stuff like um, conjoined twins and people oh, yeah. this woman with um, she had uh, like a parasitic twin and she had it looked like she had two smaller legs in addition to her regular legs and I was going to make these sack monkeys that were like a reflection of these people but it sort of just never I've had a lot of ideas that I've never uh, executed so but I um, I really like stuff things, and I... Yeah, that sounds like that's good. Yeah, I'm interested in making idea. more stuff things in general. I'm working on my... I have a ventriloquist dummy, and I'm making a new body for him. Ooh! So his body his body rotted out in a Oh, basement, my God. So only his head was left. Cool, I can't but, wait um, to see it. Yeah, well, maybe you can be... Uh, if you'd like to guest host the podcast in a future date, Maybe I'll have him done because I, he might be a guest on here. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, like, a, like a special guest at the end. Cool. I, I'm excited. Well, we have we have one more, more feature that's a psychic um, a psychic connection test, and so I'm gonna try and see if. All right, if, so we're doing we the quarter first kind of, here. You know, if my psychic powers are are working or not. So there's a coin there, and you just you find a heads or tails. Okay. Um, one or the other, and I'm gonna concentrate on the. Try and pick on whatever. Is it tails? Yes. Oh, nice work. That's good. Oh, we've got a. <laughs> it means we have a extremely strong psychic connection. I think. Yeah. I feel like we're um, we we have a vibe going I've here. Just, maybe I've had enough coffee today. That's, <laughs> it's, it helps with that that stuff. I think. Okay, so I should pick one of these. Yeah, cards. pick one of those car- cards. These are the the, the psychic um, test cards. 
are used in this in the in the uh, industry i guess okay let me um is it a um circle nope okay what is it um, uh the wavy lines. oh three wavy lines uh, okay. i was hoping you know because that sort of uh yeah i was trying to send that to you i've, I've noticed these three <laughs> wavy lines a lot lately in culture which is a little disturbing um, they use they use them for to, to for everything now. Like where? What are you um, talking about? As I as I as I got little icons and stuff. Oh, so I know the two wavy lines is the Aquarius symbol, but um, oh, it is. Yeah, that's right. It's more like zigzag it lines. Yeah, well, here's a, a deck of cards that there's fifty two different cocktails. Okay, and. Uh, you know, I did think of three wavy lines first, and then I second guessed myself. Oh, <laughs> that's that's the problem with the with you know, the psychic. psychic thing yeah, right it's hard not to second guess yourself in this culture. Yeah, no, it's um, okay. Okay, is um okay. I'm, I'm wait a second. Let me concentrate on. This. Is it a um, Rob Roy? Nope. Okay. Close though. Well, not exactly close. It was a bulldog. Oh, bull, bulldog. What's, yeah, I guess that's is, kind of an obscure one. I've never even heard of that yeah, drink what's before. In a, what's in a bulldog? Gin, cherry brandy, and lime juice. That sounds good. Gin, cherry brandy, and lime juice. That's interesting. Had you actually sounds heard of that gross. drink before? No. <laughs> it sounds gross to you. <laughs> um, no, right. it might be good. It's you know, it's the idea of cocktails. So. Mixing things that don't go together. Yeah. So think of so. So this last one's the oh yeah a cultural okay. thing. Okay. Um, and then you have to give me the category of whatever you're thinking about. Okay. Um. Uh, it's a TV show. Do you want me to be a slightly more specific about the? No, just TV show. That's good. Okay. I'll try and I'll kind of think about think of it. Um, welcome back, Cotter. Nope, close. Uh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, we yeah. got one out of four. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's, I'd say that, you know, well, it's strong psychic connection. Uh, yeah. We started out with a bang and then, you know... <laughs> That's how it often works, but uh, sometimes it doesn't even start out that well. Yeah. Well, thanks for um, guest hosting the podcast. And, yeah, thanks um, for having me. Uh, and uh, maybe uh, if you'd like to do, do it again sometime. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, yeah, when you, if you listen to it. This might be the one that people turn <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks Randy. <laughs>